Your daily deep dive into everything Utah Jazz. It's time! All season long and even in the offseason, it's Jazz Daily with JJ and Alex on your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it! Oh, thank heavens the All-Star Weekend is firmly in the rear view. We are 48 hours away from a real jazz basketball game again. That's right. I want to see what goes on after Keontae George may have figured some stuff out on last Thursday night's game before the All-Star break against the Warriors. They fell, of course, to the to the, uh, to the the Warriors. But, man, J.J., it was a freaking game, man. And they actually came back in that fourth quarter, and it was awesome. Tim Lacombe was right there uh, in the studio for pre-half and post-game. I got to do it that night with him. That was fun in itself, just to be able to learn at the feet of uh, old Tim Lacombe. Coach, what's going on? Thanks for being on the program. I think you just said learn at the old feet of one <laughs> Tim Lacombe. The old feet. Better, I thought it was weird. Yeah, were, I, I thought I, it was weird. Yeah, you're barefoot in the studio. Old but that's feet better than smelly feet. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, no, great to talk to you guys. It's been a nice little break for everybody involved, and uh, still got a couple days yet. Um, but yeah, I think that game prior to the break was really kind of. A godsend, I think, uh, you know, Keontae, things just came together for him. He's a much better shooter than he shot the ball this year, and you can say that about most rookies. Uh Um, But I think what we saw was something that can happen. And, uh, you know, you guys have played a couple things on sound that the move to this is to play the younger guys, analyze what the Jazz have, but by no means are they going to roll over. And I thought their fight the other night was really great to see. Yeah, Will Hardy's that guy, too, who will not allow a team to get into a space where they're like, well, we're just fighting through this season and uh, ownership wants to get a great, uh, you know, uh, you know, first-round pick. It's like that's that's not the way he rolls. So what would you anticipate? What, if you have a singular game like that with, with your rookie, with Keontae, is there really something in one game that you can go, dude, I'm this light is starting to switch or switch for you in that game where you start to figure some stuff out about yourself? Yeah, I really, I just believe that it's, it's time out on the floor. I mean, there's no substitute for those reps and, um, you know, to play a really quality team that was, was a little warped, you know, they were a little frustrated about the night before meeting the Warriors, um, the way they lost that game, they came, played every one of their dudes, um, and the Jazz were right there, you know, and so I really liked the resolve, the fight. There's going to be rough nights, um, but I promise you this team will fight. And the one thing for sure is I've not seen any iteration of the Jazz since Will Hardy took the team um, that has led me to believe that he can't make the best situation out of the group of guys he has because I think that's what he's done. Before we move forward with the Jazz after the All-Star break, we have to talk about the All-Star weekend. Maybe Do we don't. Have to? Maybe we don't, but <laughs> let's 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 I, I I'm dying to get your take because I know you probably loved it as much as we do, which is not at all. 
If we all agree the All-Star weekend and the All-Star game specifically are broken, how do we fix it? You know, I don't know. I think uh, the game's changed so much. I mean, at one point it was just an honor and uh, to go play, and you wanted to play well because you had a reputation. Um you know, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars have changed that. Um, and obviously, you don't want to have a situation where somebody goes out there in the middle of a stretch run and, as you guys said, have a devastating injury. So I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, what I thought about was maybe splitting guys up into teams of three-on-three. Three-on-three basketball is so fun. Um, and you really, you know, can't – you don't got to run up and down the floor. You just play on one side. But – um, I, I've, I've maybe thought about something like that, maybe put a couple of different things together, but a three-on-three being part of it. I did not watch the dunk contest. I didn't see one dunk. I did not. I watched Lowry shoot because I wanted to see that, and I thought he did great. Um, outside of that, I, I watched zero zip nada of the All-Star weekend. Wow. So who's your no MVP answer. then? I, uh, <laughs> what's that? I was I was saying, well, so who was your MVP of the All Star Weekend? No, uh, well, you didn't watch Draymond Green's analysis on Sunday. <laughs> well, a- I mean, I've seen the clips, right? And, uh, and that I got a little irritated because, again, you're gonna have a league um, from time to time. Sorry, Draymond, you're gonna have to have it in a small market, uh, you know, smaller market, and. You know, I loved uh, Adam Silver's comment at the end. I had to have been in response because he made a a comment about Indiana's owner owning the team for 41 years. And we know, I mean, what you have to do to try to make something viable in a small market. And I think they've done a hell of a job. So it's just, to me, it just shows the lack of understanding of the moment. You know, people want to talk about Charles Barkley, but I'll tell you one thing, Charles is really smart. Um, and he picks and chooses his battles. I mean, Draymond just wants to fight the whole club. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, a guy who, I mean, the, the guy went to school in East Lansing, right? I mean, it's like. I've been there. Not great. Well, no, not just that. Like, you don't, you got to understand, like, come on, small markets are, are, are a little bit of where, you know, everybody else is from, you know? Not everybody's going to play in San Francisco. Not everybody's going to be able to play in L.A. or New York. Like, obviously, it's uh, it it is a tone deaf situation, but uh, you know that's kind of uh, Draymond. So there you go. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about the next part of this uh, season here. What are the goals that Will Hardy has for his guys? Uh, we already know he's going to want them to play hard and to kind of give up or, or, or not not give up to kind of give it up for one another every night. Got to sacrifice on the floor. Obviously, the passion is a big thing for him, and he's going to ask guys to work freaking hard. That's his that's his signature. So. What is the successful next 26 games or whatever it ends up being? What's the next version of, of success for this Jazz lineup? Well, I think number one is to continue to evaluate guys that are on the roster and under contract. Um, huge part of that is playing your young guys. And we've seen now Keontae have a really big night. I promise you we'll see Taylor really grow in the next 20-plus games. Um, and there was a stretch in that Warriors game that I thought he came in and really looked good, looked comfortable. Um, but again, minutes are going to be a little up and down, and I think we just have to to know that this is part of, of you know the the ongoing process. But so I'd say play your young guys. Um, I, I believe, like what Will said, I think the expectations will be to play hard every night. Um, this staff is tremendous. Watching them from a distance, 
the way that they put their guys in a position nightly to be in the game. And then it's really up to the guys. Um, you know, turnovers have been an issue. So can they can they do a better job of decision making and and, tur- and get the turnovers down? Um, again, they are. What are they out of the uh, playing game right now? They're out two and a half games out. Um, so I, I think the the mindset is do your best. Um, know that some nights it's going to be stacked against you. Uh, but with a young group, this is a really good opportunity to get some not just reps that don't mean anything, but reps that are, you know, in the middle of trying to take the next step as organ- as an organization. The Jazz are in a weird spot for the rest of this season, being that they're probably not good enough to get the play in. And they want to, but it's beneficial for the franchise long term to keep this pick and it's top 10 protected. You don't want to finish 11th worst in the NBA. So they're in this weird spot. How do they handle that, Tim? And how hard is that for Will Hardy to deal with? I have no idea how they handle it. I, you know, I was a, I was a marginal college assistant with no salary cap and <laughs> no implications Just, like that. It's so complicated. No, it really is. Uh, so I, I would just say that a lot of bright minds are around it. Um, and I think one of the great things about the, NBA right now is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of really smart dudes and analytics. And, um, and so I, I think what the jazz do is they proceed, uh, with caution. I think they proceed with really good intentions and just kind of see where it goes. But in terms of like figuring out how to put it exactly, I mean, my focus has always been just on the development and, uh, preparation of a team during, you know, off season and season. Tim Lacombe, the coach. You can also you can always hear him pre half and post games right here on the Jazz Radio Network, uh, and during all of course those uh, those breakdowns with he and Jake Scott. Phenomenal job you guys do. Um, as you look at it now, and you see, you know, if you were to get into that locker room and ask your guys to do something, what would it be? I, I keep I keep wondering of, of who the the leader is in this in this locker room. We saw a little bit of you know Colin Sexton you know trying to uh to buoy up uh, john collins after that uh, fireball pass that he had into the stands and but i just don't know who the leader is in this locker room i know we've wondered all season long and so i know they want keontae george to be more of a leader so how do you try to do that with somebody who might not necessarily have those as a as a uh you know an actual personality trait how do you work that into somebody you know, I actually think Keontae does. Uh, I just think he's been really, uh, he's been really, uh, I guess, aware of protocol. You know, the NBA is an interesting place, and uh, you know, I think there's a something to be said for the guys that came before. I, I loved hearing him talk about, you know, when he came in to start the first go round, what he felt like was the team really needed the ball to move, and. You know, he said several times that one of the biggest things he does is he comes across half court is locates where Lowry is, and he understands that it's a real weapon if you put the ball in his hands or you get teams concerned about him. So I like the way he thinks the game, and he's become more comfortable talking uh, with with everybody, with veterans. And uh, and so I think, again, over the next 20-plus games, there's more of that that develops. But I'd like to see the continued support of, of the of the veterans. Um, they've all been through processes similar to this. Uh, and I think really, as Will says, if they can just scrap together 
They can work hard if if wearing the Utah Jazz jersey means something to you every night. You know, then I think this team can really figure out how to take the next step and what the next step is. Uh, but these games, these games toward this end, end of this year, not just in a win and loss perspective. There's way more, um, you know, that that's kind of banking on these 20 plus games. I keep saying 20 plus because it feels so good. You know, that I do 82 <laughs> of them is like, ah oh, man, yeah. we flipped the script. We always talk about 2020. Yeah, we're down in the almost to the last quarter of the season, so it's it's going quick. I also have college basketball in my mind, so I got to pick your brain yeah. there. March Madness yeah. fast approaching. Uh, we've been blessed this year. The college basketball in the state is outstanding, uh, as good as it's been in a while. And you look, Utah State and BYU are probably at this point locks for the NCAA tournament. Utah's on the bubble. Hey, Weber State with Dylan Jones, the best player in the state, can make a run up in Boise and, and get in. Of all these teams, who has the best chance to win a tournament game or go on the deepest run of the four? Man, it's so interesting. You know, all those years in uh, playing in the tournament, it really is. It's oversaid, but it's true that matchups are everything in that yeah. tournament. Um, and you can you can have a great season and go in there, you know, with a three or a four and play some whippersnapper team that just maybe presses or does things that, that you're not great with and it will become a nightmare. So it's hard for me to say, but what I will say is I think all the schools, I, I agree with you guys' premise that Weber State's going to win the Big Sky Tournament this year. I just I, – there's something in the air, right? Yeah. Um, I love Eric Duff, that staff. I mean, we'll find a, a better group of dudes and they just battle year in and year out, um, knowing that their chance really resides no matter what happens all year, your chance resides during that week. What I think they've done this year up there is I think they've taken the wins and the losses. And I think what they've focused on is getting better as a team. Uh, I think they've fixed some things. They went in Eastern Washington. I watched that game and they just, they played with so much emotion, so much confidence. And Dylan Jones is a game changer. Um, so excited about Weber, and I think they're going to get there. Utah State has a huge one tonight. And I got to go up and do the Boise game with Scotty on the radio. Seriously, one of my cooler moments. Um, actually, every time I've gone in there, you know, I have not felt right <laughs> because <laughs> the whole place is against you. Uh, it was so fun to be up there for Stu Morrill's deal. It was so much fun to see the old players roll through. Um, and then it was amazing to see that place rocking. Uh, I can only imagine what it's going to be tonight. If I had a helicopter, I'd probably go to Logan. But I'm so tired of driving, I'm going to watch it here. <laughs> um, I, I think the Aggies win tonight. Uh, but they've got to have a huge performance from somebody outside of Gray Osabor. Um, you know, Mason false level was out of his mind against Boise. They play with a totally different level of confidence at home. Uh, so I think it's going to be awesome, but I think they win that one tonight and I think they get in. I think, I just think that they're sound, you know, same with BYU. Um, I think BYU has been one of the stories, you know, certainly nationally. I heard some guys talking the other night, but I, I cannot say enough about what, what kind of job Mark's done there uh, this year. Every single person I knew wrote those guys off. Yep. And and all they did was show up and work, and they built it on being unselfish. They play really intelligent basketball. Um, they, they've twisted the narrative a little bit. So, 
in the WCC, you know, BYU was just like everybody else. We all ran similar stuff. Um, you know, we all had a certain level of athleticism, but it was way more skill-oriented. The Mountain West Conference, however, we were different. We were vastly different. Air Force ran Princeton, and we ran up and down and shot a lot of threes, and everybody else tried to play kind of ISO Powerball. Um, so BYU is back in that position where they have a major advantage just in scheme. Uh, but but it, ha- it didn't just happen. Like, they changed some things around this year. Offensively, their offense is far better. Uh, but what I hang my hat on those dudes is the way they battle physically and guard and rebound. Um, so I, I think I think BYU, Utah State, Weber State are in for sure. Utah helped themselves a ton the other night. And they have so much length that in a tournament setting, they can be a nightmare. So um, my fingers are crossed because I love those guys so much up there. Um, but you guys are dead dead right. This has been – it's been an awesome year for college basketball. It's been one, one we've needed, I think. Yeah, agree 100% on that. Tim Lacombe, the coach, he's going to have uh, the pre-half and post call, of course, on Thursday. But before then, we don't want you to think about any basketball that you don't just have to watch on TV and just enjoy, okay? So just you don't have to break yeah. anything down. Just watch t- watch some uh, games on the old tube, and uh, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm sorting baseball cards. Hey, you know what? Oh, that sounds like fun. Our job's pretty fun, but I'd switch places with you right now. That's cool. I, well, I just finished, you know, my, when my work day ended, and – I've got all these cards to input, uh, but just cool. I just bought a Jackie Robinson fifty-five. Oh, goodness, you wow! So, what's your best yeah. card? Well, I actually drew. So I, I have all sorts of cards, but I drew a a rookie Wimbayama this year out of a box. Wow! Whoa. The box, box cost me twenty-four ninety-nine, and it was a not just any. It wasn't just a base. It was like a numbered to twenty-five. Nice. Um, so it's a good card. Let's just put it that way. It could become a, like, it could become one of my best friends. Don't right? even breathe on it. Yeah. <laughs> that no, needs no, to be in some kind of glass enclosed structure you keep it in. Absolutely. Because that's amazing. Yeah. What and am then I-, I just bought a, I just bought kind of a side card for Mantle. So oh, I'm just nice. putting a little fun deal together. You guys have to come check it out. All right. That's awesome. Got to do it. All right. Timmy, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again. Appreciate you guys. See there you go. Thanks, Tim. Tim Lacombe. He was telling me about his baseball cards the other night. Oh, man. That's, that got me going. So my kids have the app. It's ruined their lives because they have the one you scan the card, and it's like, Dad, this one's worth $48. I have $48 in my pocket right now. I'm like, no, you do not. <laughs> like, that is, uh, they will, they will find garbage. all sorts of cards, and they, they're like, oh, this one sells for up to $68. I'm like, not yours. You had it under your bed and you sat on it. Your card is only worth as much as someone's willing to pay for it. Of and if course. you bought if your cards were manufactured in the early nineties, they're worthless. Trust me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Terribly overproduced. You can still buy NBA Hoops cards brand new. Oh, for sure. That's how many they produced boxes in nineteen ninety one. Boxes, yeah. So stay right here, ninety seven five the KSL Sports Zone. All the latest news and notes from the league and the locals in the NFL. JJ and Alex bring you the NFL Blitz on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Just here to check up on you. Now that it's uh, eight days since the Super Bowl, everything okay? You feeling all right? I no, say, no, I I'm not okay. I'm supposed to check in with my friends I, who We are had to endure fans. that disaster of an all star weekend. <laughs> 
and remind me just how bad I miss football. Then we, the thing is, is when it was here last year, we convinced ourselves this is a great event. It's fun for fans, and it's fun to have it in your community. Yeah. The but from a spectator standpoint, and the couch watching it on no. TV, it's missing. It's very much lacking. I think we knew. Like I mean. I think as soon as the draft thing happened, the Post Malone concert, I'm talking about like Friday and Saturday was kind of fun, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those things are fun. Uh, dunk contest, rising stars, blah, blah, blah. And we had obviously a dog in the fight, right? Yeah, yeah, that helps. So there's the part two where you get to the actual game. And I, I've told you this before. I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm like, <clears throat> here we go. This is my first in person All Star game. This is going to be amazing. Tip off, the first play was like a lob alley-oop that like went over the backboard. Whistle blows, guys are laughing and high-fiving each other, and I'm like, this is this sucks. <laughs> I'm all the, we're, we officially have already had the best part of the weekend. So then when it's in another city, and just count us as last year's Indianapolis, we got yeah. – I, I wouldn't and say it was got, nice to see Indianapolis get – Bagged on for a change, yes. <laughs> and not just Salt Lake City, Some boring like, A city. I'm glad that Charles Barkley and other and Draymond Green are equal opportunity haters of That's small good. of small cities. That's good. That's good. So, yes, no football uh, for eight days. The countdown is eight days. It's been eight days since I've seen a football game, and uh, and I'm 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 obviously hating hating life a little bit. But regardless. There is still always football news. The draft right? is right around the corner. The draft is around the corner. It's gonna keep. It's gonna keep us floating because I love. It's not just mock drafts. It's mock infinite amount of trade rumors that, that are <laughs> like to go along with it. Right. Um, the latest one was Justin Fields going to Cleveland as a. I would just. I would guess as a backup to Deshaun Watson because you've already sunk. $230 million of guaranteed money. How does that work? Like, that's the weirdest That's the weirdest one I've heard so far. Justin Fields, by the way, Justin Fields could go to any number of places and probably still start. And so sending him to Cleveland, just in case Deshaun Watson is not doing, is not going to be 100%, that's weird to me. Well, if, they're, if the Browns are willing to listen to a trade for Deshaun Watson, I've got a quarterback in Denver you might be, uh, have interest in. And uh, we could actually use Justin Fields, so... Uh, Come talk to the Denver Broncos if that's the case. This is kind of a ridiculous hypothetical trade. Makes no sense to me. I mean, it, I, I would think that the team that's going to end up with Justin Fields is the team that, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to send him to, to Cleveland when they've spent, like you say, a lot, like all this money on Deshaun Watson. The Browns are totally invested in Deshaun Watson, as stupid as that was. They're not going to do that. That doesn't okay. make any sense. Let me let me play let me do quarterback uh quarterback roulette. Okay. <laughs> who has got a future in the who has a bigger a better future in the NFL? Uh Zach Wilson, Desmond Ritter, or Jaron Hall? <laughs> who's got who's got more of an wow. NFL future between those three guys. That's a it tough looks like, one. It looks like the Falcons are moving on from Desmond Ritter. Yeah, and for good reason. He it's was probably not a, good. a little bit of a failed experiment. But uh, the same could be said for Zach Wilson, which of course around here we're all kind of going, yeah, but he got a bad shake in the in the at the franchise he was at, yes, which is he also did. true. 
But Jaron Hall got a chance last year, and they really needed him to step up, and he wasn't ready. So mm-hmm. I'm going to answer Zach Wilson because I have seen enough from him, and I think he does have enough people in the league that believe in him that he's going to get that chance and that opportunity. And he has that golden arm that everyone's looking for that the other two don't quite have as much of. Uh, although Jaron Hall's an underrated. He, he's, he throws a great outside. I mean, he just his deep ball is really nice. Um Zach Wilson. Okay. It's no it's no doubt Zach Wilson, and Zach's going to get that opportunity over the other two. All right, Zach Wilson. Uh, <laughs> Zach Wilson or – I'm trying to think. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do more of these in my head here. Or Justin Fields? <laughs> or Justin – oh, no. Or Bryce Young. Justin Fields, Ooh. Bryce Young, Zach Wilson. <laughs> uh, I'm going Justin Fields there, to be honest. Yeah, me too. The Bryce Young thing's interesting because was his season – his rookie season, we need to keep that in perspective. Right. It was his rookie season, but was he bad because of the team he was on, the coaches he had? Well, his coach got or fired partway through. he just not good? Yeah, they gave up on the season real early. They did. They pulled the plug after nine games. Right. I don't have the answer here. I want to believe that he's still capable of reaching that number one overall pick potential. We've seen Baker Mayfield make a comeback. Mm-hmm. But I'm skeptical. I, I think that uh, C.J. Stroud was the right guy and the better player. And I think Bryce Young's going to be haunted at no fault of his right. for the rest of his career because of that decision. It's almost like that Ryan Leaf, Peyton Manning uh, situation, right? Did you see that? Uh, did you see that the NFL is? Uh, we talked a little bit about the flag football format that they're looking at for the 2028 Olympics, right? Yeah. Is that a done deal? Is that is yes. that already in? Okay. That's done. Okay, that's a done deal. That's happening. So 2028. The league has signed off and said, we're cool with NFL players being in the which is sad for other countries, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that's you, the worst announcement you could can have you gotten. Imagine in. France has a defensive back that can cover Justin Jefferson. Yeah, but <laughs> but is it so specialized like the th- like the three on three? I think Team France would be automatically qualified for the Olympics. In, like the Netherlands, it's not in Paris. The but. Netherlands was set up really well because they have like a really good backfield. I feel but. like the only the only nation in the world that would have a chance is like Tonga. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> you know now, what I mean. But even then, like the thing is, is that what did we talk about with flag football? What do you need? You need flyers. Like yeah, that's kind of it. It's like glorified seven on seven, right? It's 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 uh like I said, is it kind of akin to the three on three tournament where you're like, look, Jimmer Fredette's going to win gold in Paris, yeah, but he's not going to be a good NFL or a good NBA guy. Uh, is this a little bit like that? I mean. I have a hard time. Maybe there are guys who have specialized so much because if NFL dudes roll off the bunk in in L.A. and just go, oh, I can pull some flags, maybe there's a little bit of a specialized thing there. I'm trying to think again. Uh, and is it the kind of thing where you have maybe two or three teams from each country? Because if that's the case, then we're going to sweep the friggin' podium. It's going to be a bloodbath. Um, it's going to be Dream Team versus Angola. <laughs> Does anybody else in the world? I mean, uh, how would you compete? I don't even know where they would find players. I mean, it's it's such an American game. Mm. It just I, I I like that they're trying to do it, but it's not an internationally played sport. I mean, Canada obviously would be able to. I think Canada would be our best competition, right? They have their own football league. Oh yeah, they got maybe the guy. maybe Australian rules football. So maybe throw Australia in there. Yeah, you know, there's going to be. Oh look, New Zealand will just show up with like half of their They'd bring all their rugby team. Yeah, and they can maybe. do this. Uh, I still don't know who's covering Justin Jefferson, which my, is the whole point. My favorite stat from the Angola—I mean, it was the, the final of that USA Angola game—was like 
120 to 45 or something brutal. like that. But the best part of that game was there was a 58 to 1 run by the by the US <laughs> which would be a little bit what the uh the flag football situation Very was. Similar. I would just I would just assume it'd be like that. But again, you know what that requires? I know it's only 2024, but that requires us I'm going to say the rest of the week we need to come up with more of the perfect three uh uh cuz I don't know how many people are in, on a flag football team. Is it eight? Well, that's a good question. I don't even know the I rules officially of what the flag football. Well, you pull a flag, JJ. That's pers- how you. Well, uh, I get that part. <laughs> but like, as far as like personnel, I mean, at the uh, at the Olympic level, I don't know how many so I guys the, on each side. Yeah, the, the you'd football, have one guy hiking the ball right to the quarterback. So the maybe shape you have of one the, guy in the backfield, and is it like when you're playing, like when you're on like, like on the playground when you're a kid, and you just go, and it's just the, the quarterback's just holding the ball. Okay, how many players? On the flag football uh, Olympic, I don't know what that what that is. I just don't know how many. Okay, five players per team. There you go. That's amazing. Right. So yep. one hikes the ball to the quarterback, and the other three right. go out for a pass. I love this non-contact, it, dude. We could put together ten teams that would that would be the perfect. I don't know. I mean, the reality is, is like Justin Jefferson, like you were saying, Christian McCaffrey. Lamar Jackson is your quarterback, obviously. Right. You have to have mobility at every position. That's only three. By the way, that's three. Yeah. And then I'm throwing in Tyreek Hill. And oh, then who's there the, you And go. then who's the fourth? Uh, Just throw out a tight end, Travis Kelsey. No. Why not? Because I'm going to go. Big body. Because. Sure hands. Those, I think those same five guys have to be the ones who play defense. So then you throw That's in like true. a you throw in like a Michael so you Parsons. Need some, so okay, Michael Parsons or maybe like a Fred Warner. Fred Warner. They have obviously. to play both ways. I mean, do you sure have ten this? people on a team and then fifteen they all have to... players maximum? All right. Yeah. Then it... so you could sub in with defensive backs, I believe. I think you put Mahomes at safety, <laughs> just to see if he has a skill set there. <laughs> just to have these guys. That would be the part where we make it fair. We make only defensive players in the NFL play offense, and then the <laughs> offensive guys have to play defense. There you go. That, then that, we'll make it a little bit more uh, official with that. Uh, but either way, Roger Goodell signing off on these guys playing in the uh, in the Olympics is dope. There you All go. Right, so let me see here. Oh, Jimmy Graham is going to is going to row across the Arctic Ocean as Why? part of the uh, twenty twenty five Arctic Challenge. Why? Because when you're, uh, I mean, he's retired, right? He played last year. He did. He's on the verge of retirement, right? <laughs> Apparently, he's gonna. Don't you feel like that? If you're a, doing activities like that, yeah, you're yeah. probably done with football. That's a that's a I'm almost retired situation, and that's and teams sign off on you doing that kind of stuff when you're on the verge of retirement. I guess so. Well, I because don't understand this. If he was if if he was Dalton Kincaid, do you think the Bills would let him do this? No, no chance. So. He's going to do this 15 days straight, by the way, to do that. 1,000 kilometers. Wow. What is that, 75 uh, miles? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're going to ask, ask me to get out my conversion I'm chart, and I'm not going to do that. I'm just kidding. It's, it's like, a long that's ways. Over. That's like 600 miles. Yeah, it's that's a long ways. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Well, uh, good for him. And again, like I said, I think that this is a... Look, we're only going to take you seriously on your rowing competition if you end up in the Olympics. That's what I always love when guys are former. By the way, he's joined by former Navy SEAL Andrew Tropp, who's going to be a member also of the USA's wow. team rowing team. Can you imagine I in mean, the respect, boat? Respect, respect. No, well, for not doing only this. that, if I'm Jimmy Graham, the only way I'm doing this is if there's a Navy SEAL involved. Yeah. Because I'm like, when I go overboard, when I go into a cardiac arrest, 
on the Arctic Ocean, that guy could swim me to the shore however long that needs to happen. So good for Jimmy Graham. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, let me see here. Oh, this one uh, I really love, and that is the Giants are not likely to give Saquon Barkley the franchise tag. Is this going to be the end of Saquon Barkley's time in the in the uh, in the Big Apple? I certainly hope so for his sake. Yeah, yeah, I think it is, and I think he'll be better off going somewhere else. But it just goes back to a bigger point of the running back position in the NFL is so undervalued. It's not considered a prime position anymore in the NFL, which is crazy to think because we grew up and. You know, what was a big deal? A thousand yard rusher. Yeah. That was a big deal. And you every team had to have a guy that ran for a thousand yards and not anymore. They gotta have a quarterback that throws for four thousand and a receiver that gets sixteen hundred. I mean, Christian McCaffrey led the NFL in rushing this year with like what was it, twelve hundred yards? Yeah. I can I mean, we've had two thousand yard rushing seasons in the NFL. And Derrick Henry, I believe, even did that. So the running back position has changed and Saquon Barkley, while a star, a big name isn't going to command the market that he would have even five even when he came in the league five years ago it's if crazy. he goes if he's on the move i mean the the, the amount of money that r- running backs get paid now christian mccaffrey's like 11 and a half million he's the best running back in the league right because he's a multi-purpose you know back and that's a lot of money but relative to other positions not, it's yeah, not it's not yeah all right uh we'll take a break here we'll come back we have our best and worst coming up around the corner stay with us right here 97.5 the ksl sports zone <laughs> Wrapping up the hour with our picks for the best and worst moments on today's show. As JJ and Alex want to hear your best and worst of the day. All right, welcome back. It is 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen. Thanks for being with us on the program. Oh. How'd you honor the presidents this weekend, JJ? <laughs> Cleaned my garage. Uh, I did too. Really? Oh my god! What time of year? I, normally, I'd wait later till later, but my kids have been like, we just pile everything in the corner. My kids show up and they're like, "Oh, I need to go in the house. This is good right here," and they just put it. They just pile it up, and we have a shoe rack. That is like the neighborhood embarrassment. So if you drive by my house in the garage, I tell the kids to shut the garage. I'm like, shut the garage on the way out. Not even for the sake of nobody stealing stuff or our three-year-old escaping, which is very much her deal. But because when you see the shoe rack, it's an embarrassment. It is I feel you. one million pairs of shoes, and most of them are just piled up in front of the rack. You can't be bothered to put it on it. Oh, no. That's too. You have to that's, pile that's it up too much to in ask. front. And Lord knows that I was also ended up at the end of this with about eight pairs. Well, eight sets of just one shoe. I was like, "Where are these?" And the kids are <laughs> like, "I the, don't know." Where's the pair? I don't where's know. The match. I'm all. Where did the other one go? They're yeah. like, "I don't know." So yes, cleaning out the garage was definitely uh, yeah. A situation it got to a point where my walk from the car to the door in the garage Can't became a walk of shame. Yeah, it's like we got to do something. You're about like this. shimmying past your own stuff. I'm your stepping stuff on things. I, it's just it's just not. Where's my lacrosse stick, Dad? I'm like, uh, take a wild freaking yeah, guess. You're gonna have to look really the hard. Pile for it. you threw it on last week. Uh, all right. So the best of this week is a is a twofer because Florida Gators freshman Dontre Robinson has announced that he has bought his mother a home with the NIL money that he has that's crazy accrued in, during his one year of being a Florida Gator. Now 
This is also a double win because it is a massive middle finger to the Heisman Trophy uh, Trust, who I know you're a voter. Yes. But I will say, isn't it time to give Reggie Bush? Please give it back. (laughs) I'm not afraid to say, as a Heisman voter. When we are celebrating the kids. I advocate for Reggie Bush to get his Heisman back. He didn't kill anybody. Nope. And that person that killed somebody still has their Heisman, (laughs) right? Well. Oh, am I assuming too much here? He's on the list. (laughs) He's on the list. He does not have his Heisman. I I don't know if you remember that. sell it? Well, no. Remember that was part of the... That was sold. I don't even know. And then when he tried to steal, when he broke into that hotel room in Vegas, yes, he was trying to get back his 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 stuff. <laughs> Give me back my That's stuff. Right. Remember that whole thing? That uh, was the oh, Heisman was part how of that. OJ Simpson find his way on the show today. I apologize. That's my fault. <laughs> oh, as a Heisman guy, you're supposed to apologize for the. I, I'm not apologizing I'm for OJ. Kidding. I apologize to the listeners that OJ Simpson OJ made the up. show today. Well, bottom line is, is that DeAndre Robinson buys his mom a house. We are celebrating it. Reggie That's Bush, awesome. Reggie Bush's family got rent to live in a house, uh, and it was the worst thing you could have ever committed. Now that being said, like like I said, this is he's a defensive lineman, by the way. If you're thinking he was a quarterback and any of that. D lineman uh, gets himself the uh, that's my dream school first of all first of all that's one of the biggest things they recruited me hard I know if I go there it'll be an amazing thing for our for our situation surprising if you go there's an actual video surprising my mom with a new house on so YouTube cool. really cool so again uh, awesome for him but also let's give Reggie Bush his uh, not that he needs Agreed. that he's got that he's got that Wendy's money he could he could. Uh, <laughs> Force some guy to make like an off-brand Heisman uh, if he wanted to. All right, and then the worst, of course, Rick Pitino. Um, his St. John's team, who is now falling woefully off of the big board of possibly making it to the NCAA tournament, is uh, he didn't just hit he didn't just hit weird status when he said that uh, that play that there should be a a a cap on salaries. He went full on. Going after his red storm after they blew a 19 point lead, and he went, took to the podium and uh, ripped these kids. Your thoughts on that? Because my, hey, my St. Thing- John's, this is what you got. You knew you got this. You knew who he was when you hired him. Rick Pitino's a bad human being. He's been a wildly successful college coach. Yes, not always doing it the right way. And this is just another example. Like my, like are you, he's trying old school tactics to motivate his team. Whatever. Rick, it's 2024. Saying publicly, this is the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Well, then why are you there? I know. There's so (laughs) many other young coaches out there that deserve an opportunity. Isn't that bad? The program deserves better. But to St. John's, you you hired this guy, and you knew who he was when you hired him. So you deserve this. Uh, We are so non-athletic. players don't, by the way. (laughs) We are so non-athletic, he says. I see people that don't handle the ball. I see people who aren't interested in taking uh, in taking quick shots. It's been a very disappointing year for me. Isn't that his job? To yes. teach these guys, to get these guys? We thought he was just going to walk in there. It's and then, their fault? Come on. No, Rick, why don't you, instead of throwing your players under the bus, take responsibility for their issues? Yeah. You're the coach. It's on you. It's, it's horrific that he's doing this. What a jerk. Let's take a break here. We'll be back again around the corner. There's so much more to enjoy on the program. JJ and Alex continues 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone.